there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm Ben Hansen, joined of course by... Hey, it's me, Jeff. No way out. We're reviewing every single episode of the Twilight Zone. We say that, and we covered every original episode of the Twilight Zone, uh-huh. and now we're doing the reboot. We understand there's a couple reboots in between that we haven't reviewed everything for yet. We'll get around to those, maybe. Do you really think we will? Yeah, I would like to. Uh, it might be interesting after you know this. We're going to be thirsty for Twilight mm-hmm. Zones in between the first and second season I of recall, the Jordan Peele I recall at least two episodes of the 80s run very fondly. Okay, fantastic. So there you uh, go. Sneak today... We're covering an episode called called Not All Men. I think the title of this is my favorite title of an episode of Twilight Zone. I think really? it's great. Why is that? I just think it's funny. Well, you see it, and, init- and originally, uh-huh. you, the first time you see it, it's like, oh, here's an episode that could not have existed in any other era of Twilight Zone reboot, yeah. so I'm automatically on board. Yeah. Uh, and then also as the episode starts building, it's like, oh, it's a sci-fi episode. And if I remember correctly, every sci-fi episode for the reboot, has been good so far. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Let's have a meal. Here we go. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Should this episode have been called Night of the Living Dude? (sighs) Night of the Living... Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Because they're always going for funny in mm -hmm. the headlines, right? And I guess that technically qualifies as being funny. I don't know. Yeah, Night of the Men. Meek. That's really smart. I like it. It's kind of a stretch. You know, I was thinking more about just Twilight Zone and kind of the lack of buzz and I feel like we didn't cover it in the last couple episode mm-hmm. batches we recorded and stuff but it's like I think a huge core issue with the reboot it's the obvious thing is it CBS All Access nobody wants it I have it and I don't want it exactly like you know I have friends who love the Twilight Zone yeah they're not paying 10 bucks a month for CBS All Access the only good thing about CBS All Access is that you can buy it under your Amazon Prime subscription <laughs> so that it's there. It's yeah. not like a separate app that starts up. Do you think there's any way they would ever put this on Netflix? Like, imagine the buzz this show would have if it was on Netflix instead of CBS All Access. Well, yeah, I can imagine that sitting right next to Black Mirror. And it's like, hey, you like this? This is kind of like that. Maybe not more, not as consistent. More of a name recognition, but yeah, yeah maybe less interesting overall. It's Enjoy. The, the CBS version of that. From the network that brought you Murder, She Wrote. Well, look, I think Netflix is just a lot about name recognition. People see a picture of Adam Sandler in a thumbnail, and it's like, all right, I'll watch The Night Of or The Night Before or whatever. Time to get back to work watching Adam Sandler stuff. Here we go. That's my lot in life. Uh, did you watch any of that uh, SNL stuff? No. Oh, wait, I saw the Chris Farley song. Oh, okay. That's from like his special. He kind of like repurposed it for SNL, but still, that's nice. Interesting. I don't know. I'm not really into recycling content. I'm kind of like a comedy factory instead of a warehouse, as Adam Carolla would say. Wow. But. Hey, that's a really, really subtle dig at yourself there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, completely off topic. Not all men. Not all men. All right. This episode takes place in Rhode Island. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. (laughs) It takes place in Rhode Island. So a bunch of quick shots of like office stuff. There's like a post-it note with Dr. Romero, yuck, yuck, elbow in the ribs there. Um, And it's a woman on the phone. She's talking with her boss about this you kind of learn it's a pharmaceutical company. She's working on a placebo group for medicated lip balm. And her name is Annie. 
So there you go. Uh, coworker Dylan comes over to her. He's a handsome guy. I call him. This is all the second time and probably last time I'll try to do do a joke. Okay, please. Mark Ruffalo, most. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I'll pretend that one of my little boys made that joke, and I said, "Shut up." Did you watch this with your boys? No. Oh, damn. Nobody, would, nobody will watch this show with me, by the way. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. No. My wife said, I have to go read. And I went downstairs and she's just in the dark, sitting on a couch. Staring <laughs> at a wall, repeating a, a chant, out, not all men. Instead of that. So anyway, her coworker saying, hey, you work too hard, you know. and um, Real job's worth. Real job's worth. And he says like, hey, you want me to talk to the boss? About this for you, you know, like kind of, I'll, I'll white knight you uh-huh. a little bit, and she's like, "No, I don't want you to do that. I don't want him to think that I'm that I'm not a team player." So then he asks, "Hey, are you going to go see this thing? It's a meteor shower," and she's like, "Huh?" And he gives her the hard, hard sell, which includes uh, lobster and corn, is on the menu. <laughs> so she says, "Yeah, sure." So it cuts to the house. They're drinking wine, and they're under kind of like this. Uh, what do you call it? Like a gazebo type thing with a bunch of string lights and mm-hmm. drinking wine, it's having a great beautiful. time. Uh, and then the meteors start coming. It's like, oh, did you see that? Which, have you ever been outside under something that's lit? You can't see the stars and stuff. A little nitpicking. This is the only. Well, if it's way out of the country and the lights aren't that bright, maybe there's a chance. They're underneath the illuminated gazebo All right. thing. I'm more struck by the fact where he's like, hey, you see these? And he's like pointing. And it's like, She's like, where, where? And it's like, it's everywhere. Like, I'm sure when she was performing this scene, she thought it was going to be subtle. And then yeah. when the CG came in, it's just like, pew, 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 pew. It's oh, just like laser light show. It really, it really looked like something out of Star Wars. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> Where is the TIE fighter fight? Just t- like, it doesn't seem like it's a meteor shower. It's like a bombardment, which is probably closer to home. Reality. Yeah, it's a like, meteor ice bucket challenge. Yeah, exactly. So one of them hits the water tower, which she notices, and then another one crashes nearby. And his immediate impulse is like, Hey, let's go check it out. That's good date stuff. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? Drink wine and eat corn? Get get out of here. So they go out into the woods and they got their flashlights and there's like this pool of red smoking water. And he does the obvious thing, reaches his hand in there and uh, he pulls out a, like a rock and it's yeah. still hot. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, it could have space germs on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he asks to hold it and he's like, hey, it might be radioactive or have space germs or the, the Martians might be coming. And uh, yeah, then... They go back, cuts back to the uh, the house, and they're kind of getting cozy on the couch. Hello by Lionel Richie is playing. Which is something of pretty big budget for music licensing throughout Twilight Zone so far. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, they've also like done a good job with the music licensing, and also the casting has been really good. Mm. Uh, so he admits he's been asked, dying to Actually, ask her st- out. stop. Shut up. Um, okay, thank you. I do want to talk about the casting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know who this actress was? No, she looks very familiar, though. I really enjoyed her performance throughout She's this great. whole thing. Like, she... It's a little bit, not quite to the extreme, but a little bit like um, the Alaska episode, like the main actress there, where it's like, she doesn't really talk a ton. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it's just reactions, but she's just got like good big eyes, like reacting yeah. to stuff. I, I was enthralled by her performance. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like completely on board with her. Yeah. Uh-oh. Good job, Annie. Uh-huh. Annie, you're okay. Yeah. So he says, Dylan's like, I've been dying to ask you out. And they start making out and... uh did you have some comments on the, the makeout scene, Hanson? I was <laughs> look, I was taking <laughs> notes on what happens in the episodes so I can remember for our episodes. Uh-huh. And I think I meant to write he goes for boobs, but I think it autocorrected because I'm typing on my phone too. He goes for boobies, which All right, very is very classy. immature. And I don't appreciate Grow you bringing up. that up. Grow up. Okay, you could cut that out though, but whatever. 
So they're they're making out, and he like, you know, go, tries to go to what, second base. Is that what that is? And she's like, eh, no thanks. Pushes his hand away, and then he starts getting a little more aggressive. And she tries to play it off by saying, "Hey, I've got a busy day tomorrow. I can't do this," you know. Right. And then he puts his hand on her leg, and she stands up to leave. And she's trying to be very diplomatic and cheerful about the situation, but right. it's clear that it was starting to kind of suck a little bit. And then he just gets super mad. He's like, what, you're not into it? I'll do you first. I'll do you first, he says. And then she's like, what? And he's like, wait, are you thinking I'm trying to f*** you right now? Because if there's one thing I'm learning about this season of The Twilight Zone is the writers are very excited about dropping the F-bomb. Yeah, that's true. Um, so then he acts wounded, kind of puts on this, perf- not, it feels like a performance, you know, it's kind of, but it's kind of weird and like super, super aggressive in a strange way. Do you, okay, I mean, that, that we should dive into that. Yes, absolutely. When I, do you feel like it becomes something more than reality? Then. Yeah. Yes, I think it has to. But you're still unclear of like, well, that really sucked. This Dylan guy is just a cad. But I think what I liked about this chunk of the episode in particular is, uh, obviously, I've never been in this situation uh in any way but like the idea that like this feels somewhat believable for a mm-hmm. lot of it like he's not over the top crappy guy she's kind of into him mm-hmm. like the date's going well yeah uh i, re- I appreciate it's weird to say the subtlety of this scene but mm-hmm. just like how it's like yep yeah, okay i can see this happening i yeah. can see this happening got yeah, it got it, it got it's it it's only upon reflection that you can kind of think about oh this is where something was going on which we'll get to very quickly. But I don't, know if it, I don't even know if it is yet, technically. Yeah. Right. I but, think it well. is. Okay. Anyways, go on. So then she's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not into this at all. And then he kind of seems out of it. And as it gets a close up on his face, he's, uh, his eyes are kind of getting red rimmed. It's like a little, yeah, a little blood in the eye. Type yeah. Of thing. Yeah. And she like leaves and then he's got giant windows. He's got a very nice house for our benefit, which I do appreciate as a viewer, because if it was just an apartment complex, we wouldn't have been privy to him freaking the f*** out and like smashing stuff and yelling. And she sees it. And she's just like, wow. Right. What? So then we go. I think this is where the Jordan Peele intro is. Yeah. It's just like, hey, Annie always wanted to play in the by the rules. Now she's forced to contend with something new. It's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of the overall theme here. Yeah. So now we're back at our house. It's something that I think was pretty, kind of interesting. Maybe I'm reading way too much into this. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like she is like a not a caricature necessarily, but like super. They're kind of like it seems like they're leaning into the idea of her just being like a stereotypical white lady. Or just a lady in general. Yeah, for sure. Like her apartment has just got tons of pictures of flowers in it. She's always wearing a dress. She takes yoga classes and she drives a yellow Volkswagen bug. It just feels like all the different like props around her are kind of designed to make her seem like a little disarming and kind of like just a lady. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in that narration, maybe it's kind of setting it up by saying like, oh, no, she's a job's worth and she's always playing by the rules. Just mm-hmm. a, a good standard lady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, so, uh, it's a good time because the credits are popping up on the screen at this point. Uh, directed by Christina Cho, who doesn't have a lot of uh, directing chops mm-hmm. uh, or at least a pedigree in the past that really pops out to me. But then it's written by Heather Ann Campbell who wrote for SNL for years and also like the Eric Andre show and stuff. So a big comedy background for her. All right. This episode is not funny. No, (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) So anyway, back at work, Annie sees Dylan talking to a guy with holding a motorcycle helmet. But hang on, stop. What? I'm going to stop right there again. Thank you. You're talking about how it's not funny. Like, you know, I think that was that issue where it was a big comedy writing focus for, as everybody recalls, the Wonderkind. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really dragged it down because that tone was so bizarre. And this, not a funny episode, but still, I think it nails a tone that I really like. Okay. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. I agree that you really like it. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, the the boss talks to her and says, basically, I want you, and Dil- you, know, I want you to brief Dylan on the work and then have him take over. That's just how we do things in the office. Right. And I'll see you at dinner because it's her Annie's sister's birthday. And apparently they're kind of like chummy somehow. So then Annie goes to yoga, and then when she leaves the class, she sees dudes being kind of brutal and weird. There's, like, a guy slamming his trunk. There's, like, this guy with a busy bee cup from the... uh, Oh, was it? Yeah, stabbing a straw. He's just, like, ramming a straw repeatedly. And there's, like, a guy walks out with a girl and, like, jams his hand in her back pocket, which that seems like a weird, like, I don't know, why are you throwing that in there? It seems like people are into that, whatever. And then this guy's... Lays on the horn, lady, will you move? Yeah. On the horn. So she's just like, what is going on with dudes? Hey, um, what's, with, what's with dudes? So then we see her in her car. A young guy taps on her window. It's her nephew, uh, Cole. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, oh, you're you're getting big. And he's like, well, I don't have to see you very often. Time passes. That's how it goes. So this dinner party for the sister's birthday. He asks about if she saw the meteor shower. She's like, yeah, I saw it with this guy. It got weird. And then he's kind of like, I wish there was a way to find out which guys are assholes. Know, so I could kick their asses. And she's like, why do guys always want to kick ass? Because we're dudes. Because we're dudes. <laughs> Not all men. Uh-huh. So at the party, she gives a skillet to her older sister. Or it's wrapped, but she'll still shape like a skillet for birthday. And then the husband, what's his name, Mike? Starts- he's, he's the guy from uh, Cock Blockers, if you saw that film. It took me a while for, mm. for him to, to pop into focus. But he was actually really funny in that movie. And that movie's better than you think it would be. Yeah? Yeah. All right, check it out. So there, she's, he's telling a story about uh, getting a recipe from this chef in France. He went back to the kitchen, but he speaks. And then she kind of interrupts him and takes over and saying, like, his French is no good. So then the guy, the chef, made a point of responding in English just to show it. And the boss is there also. But then he starts, like, I guess the term is mansplaining, mm-hmm. which I'll tell you what that means off here. Uh, <laughs> about how oh, technically the dish is actually a pate. And then... You hear this banging sound outside, and they go outside, and the neighbor, they're like, isn't it a little late to be mowing the lawn? And there's just, like, water spewing everywhere, and... Uh, it has, like, a red tint to it. Yeah, the hose got broken, and it's a spring everywhere, and the, the husband's like, yeah, it smells like shit. And then the boss begins explaining, well, oh, it's probably the iron oxide, actually. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, believe this guy. Uh, and then it cuts to the ladies are getting drinks at this bar, and... They tell, like, one of the ladies tells a racy story about getting on in the car with her husband. And uh, there's a guy at the bar. All these guys are there, and they keep yelling, shoot the stone, shoot the stone. You're like, what? And then there's a glass that has a rock in it. The meteorite, yeah. Right, with the red liquid, and Dylan's there, too. And they're all like, ooh, that guy's cute. And she's like, eh, no thanks. Mm -hmm. So she goes out for a smoke and sees the nephew and a guy, and they've got some beer. And she's like, ah, your mom's in there. Don't let him see you. And uh, Cole says, ah, we're going to go out to his dad's boat, the Achilles in the dock. Mm. She's like, okay, have fun. So she <laughs> goes back, come and, up again. She goes back inside and they're still shouting, shoot the stone. And the bartender's <laughs> like, all right, that's enough. And the, the guy just at the bar freaks out, smashes the glass and there's just a big brawl. And it just yeah. seems at that point, we're like full on rage zombies. Yes. And everyone's got a little red in their eye. Yep. And they, the ladies are like, what? And they go outside and the, this guy says, hey, I'm Perry from work. 
He's the guy with the helmet we saw earlier, and then he starts freaking out. What? Stop ignoring me, you bitch! Right. Like, what? You think you're so hot, you fucking bitch? He's like, oh Christ! Yeah, these freaking guys. So the sister blames it on ah, they just had too much to drink, and then they notice that the Perry guy is following them on the motorcycle, and they kind of yeah. lose him, and then uh, they start talking about like dates, and he's like, ah, maybe I gave off a confusing vibe. She talks about how the Dylan thing didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. And then, then she kind of connects it. She's like, I think the meteors are to blame. And the sister's like, what are you talking about? I like that she just halfway through the episode, maybe not even, just like, hey, I think it's this thing. Like, just like yeah. flat out states like, hey, it seems like this sci-fi concept here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then the guy, like Perry catches up to him again. And then there's like this frantic chase into their house. And he, mm-hmm. he makes it past the gate. And then they tell Mike, the husband, and hey, there's a guy outside. And then Mike is like, I'll go take care of it. Mm-hmm. And he gets mad and goes outside. And you just see him like beating the ever loving tar out of this Perry guy. And they're like, and he's like, call 911. And they call it and it's busy. Yeah. So. And then Mike's like trying to get back in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the wife is trying to argue like, Mike doesn't have it, Annie. Let him in. Let him in. And he's like, gets in. And he's like, baby, you should have seen me. Felt good letting that guy have it. He's just like chugging red tinted water. And he's got, he's just covered in blood. And he's like, all right, we didn't eat the cake. So he makes her blow out the candles and then freaks out about her not wanting to make a wish. And he's got like bulging veins on his forehead and his eyes are all red. Yeah. And uh, then he starts yelling at them about, why would you bring a guy here? And then Martha's always interrupting. And that's the, the sister's name is Martha. You're always interrupting me. And then he's like, nope. And she starts running away. Mike grabs her, starts choking her. And then Martha yeah, hits him he, on the on the head with the Chekhov's frying pan. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I like it. He's like, shut up, Annie. I'm talking to my wife. And like, that's what he yells when he's like chasing after. Just mm-hmm. Anything to set him off, like testosterone pouring out of his veins. Yeah. So then they, they go to meet Cole or we, we see Cole at the docks. Right. And, uh. They, that's where they're heading. They're like, we got to go see him. Mm-hmm. They run past the the dude, like Perry, in the motorcycle helmet. The helmet is like torn open. It looks like blown apart like a yeah. trick cigar. Yeah. He's just completely ravaged. And they get hit by a car as soon as they get in their car. And there's like a lady's walking around dazed in the street. There's like figures in the distance and yelling. And like, it's just absolute chaos. Guys yes. are freaking out. My favorite moment here is... There's this guy and he's just looking at Annie and obviously she's panicked. She's like yeah. running through this stuff and he's like, Annie, don't you remember me? And then somebody comes to the back of the head and just knocks him over the head and takes him out. But she's oh. like, wait, what? No time to catch on. Let's keep moving. Keep moving. Yeah. And then she sees the, they see the boss. He's like, I don't have it. And he starts mansplaining about like how he thinks that it's, it's a hormonal reaction. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then his voice kind of changes a little bit and he's just like set upon by this like mob of right. people. They tear him apart. So they're like crouched by a gas station and uh, Martha sees a rock on the ground, and she's like, we have to try to fight it. So she holds the rock, and it just doesn't work. You know, she's trying to get imbued with whatever it was. And right. he's like, I'm telling you, it's like just the guys. Did and- you think that was going to work at that moment, that her eyes were going to turn red, and she was going to turn into She-Hulk or something? No. Okay. No, definitely not. And then a guy yells, get off my property. And he's got like one of those rocks on a chain. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts, he's like swinging it, right? These... Apparently very easy to find these meteorites. They're all over the place. Which explains why it seemed like they were falling all over the place. <laughs> I guess too. so. Yeah. So then there's like the sequence and like guys are splashing around in the fountain. While opera plays. Yeah. yeah and slow motion. It's interesting. Yeah. And then we go to the docks and Cole is in the ship and inside uh, this other guy is just like doing push-ups and he puts a rock in Cole's beer and says, 
you should drink it. it. It changes you. It makes you stronger. And Cole is totally not into it. And the guy wants to start kiss- – he starts kissing on him, and he's not into it. He's just kind of weirded out, you can tell. Yeah. I don't think it's a, like – Hey, wait, I'm not gay thing more. No, like, I think hey, they're both clearly gay. Yeah, he's just he's... like, oh, you're just acting like a big weirdo. Right. So then the, the Annie and Martha see Cole and he's like completely freaked out. And he's like, he just went crazy. And then you see like in the window of the boat, like the guy's just like pounding on the glass. And then suddenly there's Dylan and he's singing hello. and He's dragging a rock on a chain. He really remembers that song. Yeah. And he's like, I good, just- good song to repurpose in a creepy way that's a, yeah. seems like a fun one yeah he's like i'm i like you why would you do this i just wanted you to like me and uh then at that moment cole starts to transform a little bit but then doesn't mm-hmm. and then uh dylan attacks annie and she pushes him into the water and you see it kind of shot from below as he falls in and the water looks like it's all red right and the chain's pulling him down because it got the rock on it which i think that's a neat touch but that rock was not big enough it, yanked, hear, it yeah. yanked him down like it was like a like an oil tanker anchor or something right, like that but sure right yeah, whatever and then a helicopter comes and rescues them they kind of talk a little bit like cole they say like cole why didn't you freak out like that he's like it was a choice right and i chose not to the meteors are just a placebo yeah saying. so they're getting kind of debriefed a little bit by the military, and then as they're getting ready to leave, this one guy with soldiers like, I need to see your ID on the way out. And then he says to Annie, you know, you'd look, you'd be much cuter if you'd smile. And she grits her teeth and says, no. <laughs> yeah. And. And then Jordan Peele says, it was no material disease, but a plague of conscience. Mm-hmm. Cork, what do you think about Not All Men? Um... Gosh, what? once again, I don't know how you do it. Uh, so I'm not offering solutions, just criticisms. Yes, please. It just, it feels like they don't, again, I feel like I say this every time, they don't have confidence in the viewers to understand what's going on. They really treat the message like it's a, like a bludgeon. You know right, I mean? like a meteorite over the head. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to think about it and look at it myself and drag it behind me on a So chain. would you prefer that this entire episode, they don't have like the eye glow, that just this entire episode, it's just that tone of like the start of the first date where it's like real world guys just being a little pushy, a little crappy, and you start thinking about it that way? Yeah, I, I fully acknowledge it, like being a little hypocritical here too. Is I really enjoyed in a weird way, like watching everything devolve and completely yeah, fall apart. For sure. And I like... I think it's an interesting concept to have it being across like gender lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, again, I don't. It just it just felt kind of weird. I, I I wish I could articulate it. No, better. that's fine. I think like going throughout the episode, it's such a weird tone because as it starts, like okay, I think I see where this is going. Okay, got it. And then it's that weird feeling of like, well, wait a minute, like. Are they now like excusing or like giving an explanation for why guys are crappy in our society? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just the meteorites. Like, what's the lesson here, right? Yeah. It that- just feels a little bit murky on that front. And then by the end, it's like, okay, I guess it's a little bit redeemed by the one nephew's line about like, oh, no, it's just a choice. Like, there's yeah. the takeaway message, right? And- you needed some takeaway other than mm-hmm. magic rock is yeah. the reason guys are crappy. Exactly. And I think it is interesting if you if you look back to the that first inter- awful interaction with Dylan, he does change for a second so i wonder if he's like grappling with that choice at that moment like he does soften right. after that first what like i'll do you first he's uh-huh. like, you know what i mean there's a moment where it doesn't seem like he's just completely 
into the rage thing, yeah. but then I love, de- yeah. completely devolves back to it. Right. I just love the weird tonal things, even coming from him at the end where he's like, why don't you like me? Yeah. He's like walking up where it's like a little bit sad, mm-hmm. just weird emotional rage. Yeah, it's weird. I think that it kind of, it amplifies the worst parts of men. At, yeah. Or the stereotypically worst parts of I men. I think you can say the worst parts of men. Yeah, like the, like, like the mansplainer guy just right. like doubles down on that. And then the... Uh, Mike guy, he he sees himself as like this protector guy and he's doing it for his wife. But, you know, the underlying current of like, just let me finish my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I was in love with just the tone. And I know mm-hmm. you say it's it's bludgeoning you and stuff, but I think there still were plenty of those kind of subtle, interesting moments. And mm-hmm. just the weird perspective of Annie is on a mission. She's in a rush, and this world is just constantly clawing at her, saying, mm-hmm. like, why aren't you giving time for me? Like, hey, yeah. don't you remember me? What about me? What about yeah. me? Like, all these guys. She's like, I, I, this is not a time <laughs> yeah. to have this discussion. You know, yeah. I love feeling that. And it's like, yeah. okay, there's like a real-world analogy through the sci-fi lens that I think it really amplifies it in a good way. And something that I really liked as well is that the interaction with Cole and the guy on the boat, mm-hmm. that it was like a... I don't know how subtle it was, but it was a nice way of acknowledging, oh, it's not just straight dudes who are like Right. It's also gay dudes or bi dudes or whatever they are. Right. You know? Everybody loves putting a little rock on their drink like it's a After doing a bunch of push-ups, it was just like, watch how strong I am. (laughs) I am a good candidate. Yeah. I also think this was the scariest episode so far of the reboot. Like, it was tense. Like, I think think it really pulled it off. I think it was shot well. I think it looked great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Weird, bold stuff like the opera scene in the fountain and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just... They're really going for it in this episode. I feel like this could have been mm-hmm. a full movie if they wanted it to be. Do you think it being set in the um, uh, the American Northeast is coincidental, or do you think it was an intentional intentional nod to like a Lovecraftian horror, like th- a noble thing from outer space? I don't know enough about Lovecraft. Is is it all Northeast stuff? What Typically, do you mean? yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's some connection there. I'm, cool. I'm sure it would be. I think that's a very smart point. Um, Mansplain it in the comments. <laughs> can you think of any old Twilight Zone references? Not like Easter eggs, but just like um, comparisons, kind of like story structures where it's like it's a little bit monsters are doing Maple Street mm-hmm. where it's like it's us the whole time. You know, there is no there is no magic flying feather in Dumbo. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think there's got to be one episode that really has a similar thing. It feels like a familiar beat, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah. And that clearly like the fact that men are making this choice like that, that meteor shower I don't want to say it didn't just nudge men into making this choice. It like kicked them in the teeth, right? Like the fact that their eyes changed color and then like, these veins popped out. Right. I don't know. I, I think that it was a nice way to, like you said, to, to get the message across that like men make a choice to be shitty, be yeah. better yeah. kind of a thing. But I don't know that the if within the constraints of that story that those men really had much of a choice. Also, it's probably a good time to mention that watching this, like, you know, it'd be nice if... We had a female perspective on this episode in particular. <laughs> yeah. Having two guys just be like, oh, here's what I think that woman was trying to get across. I tried, but um, yeah, my wife does not like to watch the show. <laughs> Damn it. I think that would have been really interesting. I think she would have a great perspective on it. Yeah. I didn't want to push it too hard either because I was like, what if I'm like from right. this meteor man? Did this episode make you reflect on your own life at all? Uh, I don't. I think that like in a lot of ways, I've gone out of my way not to be a shitty dude. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, just in a different way. Just in a different way, yeah. Right. But yeah, I, not really. Like this, I don't know. At the same time, I think watching it, it's like it's easy to be like, well, this isn't me. I've never done anything like that. But it's like, mm-hmm. yep, I could see my friends doing that. Like, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people I've known throughout my life, like, yep, I think there's a lot of it rings true. A lot of those emotions 
uh, yeah, I think are, that the guys are getting across in their mm-hmm. crazy testosterone rage. It's like, yep, I, I understand that. I see it. Yeah, there are like some weird, like, it certainly hasn't happened in a long time, but like, like go back to college and there are those moments where you're just with a bunch of guys and then like every, someone gets drunk and just acts weird. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. Turns out testosterone <laughs> is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too because uh, this is such a complicated thing, and it's difficult to talk about the new. I think the old Twilight Zones, like the show, was always political, which is something that we've said time and time again, right? right? Well, mostly always political. Like it wasn't afraid to tackle things of that moment, right? right. Like the politics of hey, it was better when we were kids. That hot yeah. button issue, yeah, exactly. And um, why won't people uh, shrink at four o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> that age old dilemma. Um, but. It's, I think the, it makes know, it makes it really difficult to talk about when it's more contemporary things, if you know what mm. I mean. Because like the original Twilight Zones, it's like the messages were maybe of its for its time very provocative, but now it's like, well, yeah, black people are human, <laughs> so it's like this not not a particularly scathing take. But at the time, right, that they were saying things about like, hey, maybe you shouldn't bla- like have a like a list of people who are not American. Mm-hmm. That's weird, you know. Now. Like stuff like this, just the subject of like talking about masculinity, just you could really step in it. You could really step in it. Discussing so, it. So, isn't that a great thing? Like, isn't it fun to have things that are so current? And even yeah. like, you know, you look at, have you seen um, Ralph Breaks the Internet? I have not seen it yet. No. You should see it. I mean, it, it's one of those things after listening to interviews with the directors, uh, I appreciate it a lot more because it's like, yeah, the, the villain in that movie is just the concept of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. on the internet. Like, yeah. Oh, this is a Disney film. Like this mm-hmm. is amazing that it's yeah. reaching that level of like, let's talk about this. Yeah. Cause it's a very real thing. And I think like the subject of, of toxic masculinity is really like fraught it, with, there's a lot of people I think, and it could be me too, misinterpreting what that means. I think people latch on to the fact that those words are close to each other so that you can, I think misinterpret what it means by saying like, all masculinity is toxic, whereas I think it's it's mostly just like there are elements of it that are masculinity as it stands alone isn't toxic or benign or anything. It just yeah. is a thing. But you're also obsessed with seeing just, you know, YouTube comments, not comments on the video version of this podcast, mm-hmm. but in general, just trying to wrap your mind around like, what is going on? It's not it's not an isolated thing. There is some bubble out there that I just don't understand for men on the Internet just losing their effing minds about very confusing things. I think what it is 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 just a lot of men are like deeply wounded yeah. with American culture and they feel like they're constantly besieged by people saying you are bad just just by being you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. and that you are somehow responsible for things that happened before your birth. And I think that those are conversations that are difficult to have and it's easy to feel like like there are times like, for instance, um, like when I was a lot younger, I worked at a, an electronics store and we developed photos, right? Mm-hmm. And woman, a woman said that she specifically said it when I was standing there, I had like a female coworker with me and it was like, I want you to develop these to this, uh, this girl, Jenny, that I was working with. Uh-huh. I don't want him to because they have my children in swimsuits. And it was just like, what? what? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they, I don't know. Like, and like, you felt attacked for that on behalf of men? It's hard not to take something like that personally because uh-huh. like the implication is like, hey, you're a big sex pest. Right. I don't want you to see my kids in a swimsuit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that's like completely ridiculous anecdotal 
aspect of it. But I think men and women both get messages from like the greater culture that are harmful as well as like messages yeah. that are beneficial. I think this is not saying one is worse than the other, even just saying no, they're different. Yeah. Um, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but uh, do you talk to your kids about this topic at all? Just about like, hey, men are we, in a weird spot. Not really. I think like most of our conversations are just like super micro focused mm-hmm. on just being a complete human being and feeling like, hey, you can be emotional and, you know, but at the same time, Lashing out online, I don't think is necessarily a valid emotion in some ways. <laughs> so maybe just dial it back a little bit. Don't do it. Do they leave comments? No. Did no. you talk to them about like, don't leave a trail? No, no. We have not had that conversation yet. Do they have like Google accounts and stuff? They, I think one of them has a YouTube account. Okay. Which is good because I can look at the history very easily and it's all just YouTubers playing video games. There we go. But video games are the solution. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. That's a whole whole different problem, but whatever. Hey, uh, not all men. Uh, Cork, I really like this episode. Yeah. I I think it's my favorite so far. Really? I gave it an eight. Yeah. I gave it an eight as well. Oh, really? You're feeling like you're lower than that throughout the entire thing. No, I I think it is an interesting episode for sure. Yes. I think it's the most interesting episode of the show. Yeah. Also, I also super like that, that it was written and directed by women, that it wasn't. I, I really hate the term mansplaining because mm-hmm. I think that it is just explaining or over explaining that just incidentally happens to be done a lot by men. But you understand there's a, there's there's a, a shortcut precedent. to it's shortcut to like saying something like whatever. But yeah, I, I will it, say like 99% of the time that someone has been an asshole to me and like elbowing me and like fighting for the armrest on an airplane. It has been a woman. So make of that what you will. Jesus Christ. Not all women, Carcone. Not, not all women. Oh, no. I thought it was inappropriate when Jordan Peele gave his intro and he was wearing just a flowing wig. I thought that was. I think the affected falsetto was a bit much, but <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, not all men, everybody. Not all uh, men. Can we record one next week? I. You'll be traveling, so you'll be a traveler. I'll be a traveler. We can we can record it late Friday. Okay, there yeah. might be an episode next week, but we'll yeah. get to it on that Monday, if yeah. not uh, on that Friday. But hey, for now, thanks so much for watching or listening, everybody. Uh, yeah. Tell a friend if you enjoy Twilight. Yeah, and have uncomfortable conversations with people. Yeah. And you'll probably blow it and look like an asshole, and people will correct you in the comments. But you know what? If you're doing it from a place of honesty and genuine interest in hearing what other people are saying, I think you'll be fine. And as long as it's sparked by the Twilight Zone, Every conversation is a good conversation. Absolutely. I want to tell stories about you on stage, make you disappear. Okay, great. All right, everybody. Twilight Island. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.